Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of... Mostly Mostly Mostly. And welcome back to another episode. Um, Ray's back in the building. She's back. <laughs> I would introduce my co-host, but we all know who he is. Well, I'm here. Thank you guys so much for listening, obviously. And I've been away for a bit, but now I'm back. Um, obviously, tonight, today we're missing um, another limb, but... Missing a limb, but yeah, you know, that's fine. We, um, we continue. It's so w- weird because every time I'm not here, I always say, like, when I'm here and one of you guys aren't here, I'm always like, oh, we're missing a limb. The last two episodes uh, I've missed, no, and no. I got no yes, shout out. You're a liar. You're actually a liar. First of all, the last when episode, we have the legend... No, the last episode... You, we didn't, I didn't get no, a shout Do you know why? why? Because, number one... It started late because they were stuck in traffic. So there was basically we were like we actually don't have time. We had to just run into the into the episode. Yeah. So it was really difficult. I am but the episode abs- before that, we no, were yeah, basically shouting you out. That, hey, oh, she's an essence first, living her best life, saying for hi like to all the these first people. Five seconds. It wasn't in five five seconds. You were brought up throughout the show, please. Oh, that is You're a, lie. a lie. You're a liar. But you didn't even you listen guys to the show, are did you? Incredible for like having um Dab Mandela on. And Dabba, like, yeah, that was amazing. That was a I literally episode. like listened to that app. And I was super jealous. It's like, that he, I couldn't it's like be he here. just his voice just came from the right? pits, yeah, of South Africa. Like, <laughs> like it was resonated. incredible. It was absolutely. It was an amazing episode as well. When you guys were talking about um, forgiveness, and when, mm, and mm. you were like, "Oh God, <laughs> like, oh God," because <laughs> um, you know, yeah, talking about forgiveness, talking about violence and peace and and HIV struggle in South yeah, Africa man. and other parts of Africa. Um, yeah, so well done, guys. Like, I'm still working on my colonial amazing, forgiveness. Such it's an growth. amazing episode. It's growth. And I'm sad I couldn't be here, but it was also a great chance to listen as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But you were out and about doing what you were doing. So, yeah, how, so tell us about Essence Fest, because you're not actually coming and spoken about it. I know. So, so, how was it? Oh, my God, guys. Um, Essence Fest in New Orleans was incredible. Um, first of all, 
obviously I got to see so many people. I bumped into um, Asante from yeah. the Friend Zone podcast, and I was so nervous. But my friend Tolu was like, "Ray, just go up," and I was like, mm. "Wait, <laughs> like you know me, I don't really like going up to people because I'm so." Part of it, part of it is pride, and second of all, it's You're like shook, it's not even <laughs> that. It's like these people aren't like I don't I don't want to come up to you because I'm like mm, do you know what I mean? It's weird, yeah. It's just so weird. Anyway, so I also saw um <laughs> um oh god, insecure like Issa Rae. I saw her like literally just w- walking down Bourbon Street, and people were surrounding her but she didn't really want pictures i don't think she really wanted to talk to anyone and me and my friend were just like following behind like yeah. stalkers um and she like she literally is smaller than i imagined oh. and she's just like a regular girl you know mm-hmm. um Beautiful. and oh stunning and other stunning people like regina hall oh oh wow my goodness i saw her in a panel um the um the hate you give panel um which was in just just like we were literally like at the front and i i was like wow these people are beautiful and my favorite thing about essence was they did quite a lot of women empowerment panels and one of them was one with um queen latifah mm-hmm. mary j blige oh what a- i know and a woman from planned parenthood and oh god Oh, I forgot her name. How can I forget her name? This is what, actually, is she a singer? No, uh, Reclaiming My Time. Reclaiming My Time. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. That's the one. Um, and it was a panel on sister love mm-hmm. and how to support one another. Oh, sorry. Mary J. Blige, Queen Latifah, um, Maxine Waters. And oh, my God. Oh my god! Rapper! Oh my god! How how am I? Female rapper. Female rapper, obviously. Papoose. Remy Ma. Remy. I'm I'm really bad with names. Wow. I'm so bad with names because I'm. I'm, um, um, No, because I'm. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Anyway, so literally like legends, like they were just there and they were talking about sister love and they were talking about and Queen Latifah started crying, talking about her relationship that she has with her mother and and her her relationship that she has with Mary and Mary J was like sniffing back tears and Maxine Waters was just giving me all of this mama bear vibes and (laughs) talking about how important it is for us to support one another Mm. as women, as sisters, as as black women specifically Mm. because there are so much there's just a lot of infrastructure that isn't there to support us and how are we going to move forward so i was nearly in tears on that panel and you know me like i'm not really a panel person i'd rather be on the panel rather than watch it (laughs) and to just sit back and take in stuff because a lot of the times we forget that our soul needs feeding this is it and we just go on life thinking that we're fed we're good but we really need to actively take time to feed our soul because well, when sure. I walked out, I was like, "Whoa!" If it doesn't enrich you, like it needs to enrich you, then yeah, like events like that, like Essence Fest and um, and other black events, yeah. those are really, really like amazing, so amazing places because you're just in spaces where you don't necessarily have to feel any kind of like um, alienation. Absolutely, in, 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 just, in one sense, there are so many black people. I was so many like, black people what? Just everywhere. I was like, what? Like the whole city mm. was filled with black people uh, and it was... Apparently there are so many more people this, yeah. this, this oh, year. Oh, absolutely. Because Girls Trip really like, it really, every, the women wearing tops saying Girls Trip. It was okay, just okay. like phenomenal. So yeah, guys, I would really recommend next year 
Like, grow, better collect your coin and save up and go bring your whole family because it really is a family motive. It's a friend motive. It's mm. it's everything. So I would really recommend it. Good, 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 good. So that's me. How's your week I, been, Alex? I literally... You've been living your life, I've you know. I've living my best life. Yeah. Um, Came off the Eurostar on mm. Monday evening. Uh-huh. Where, where were you? Up. I was in Paris. I living my life in Paris. I um, went to Afropunk Paris. Yeah. Um. Saw SZA on stage. SZA. Yeah. Damien Marley, Maxwell. Oh, she went. I thought she had a um a throat. Do you know problem. what? I was really, really. Uh, I was saying to my friend, I'm gonna be so disappointed in her if she comes on yeah. and it's not and she's not at the level. Not because she should. I wanted her to come back well. I didn't want mm. her to rush going back into touring because I know that she was at Lovebox the few days before the day before she went to be at Afropunk yeah. Paris so but when she came on she was like brilliant like she did what she had to do she's very like she's like a black valley girl like, and oh really, my god yeah, yeah, like, like I totally was party, and I was like yeah da, da, da. I was like oh my god I can't believe she was a former hijabi that's what hijabi. I was like and like really? she kind of puts it into her music as well and um, she she was brilliant uh, Mr. Easy was okay, there yeah. was easy was there so we're getting our Afrobeat life on and David <laughs> and David O or David however you say his name David um, yeah he was there and like it was brilliant it was an amazing amazing event like you know just again just being back in Paris it was amazing being black, like, being, in, Paris. Be, being black in Paris like yeah. you know that was great and, and again it's as you said about kind of like enriching your soul Absolutely. in those places because you know you're just with with good people, yeah, with good music. It's just it's just good vibes yeah. all around. It was just a peaceful, peaceful Speaking time. Of that, there is and no go on. I was gonna say like, and then also Paris, and then France won the World Cup, and it, Sorry, just, it was and it, just and it oh. all just went, it all just went mad. The whole wow. country, the whole city was on fire and oh, in wow. flames, and it was it was brilliant. Like it was just it was an electric kind of energy. It was a good way for me to kind of say. I need to take this time out Absolutely. and skin out in the park. Skin out in and the just, park. Like, I was in shorts skin all out. weekend. Shorts all weekend. Yeah. Like, leg out the door. Everything was just good. <laughs> I had the Hennessy. I had the I had the JD. Okay. I had the rum. It was meant. It was crazy. Wow, your liver really felt it. They, they really felt it that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I came back and I was like, oh, what did I do to myself? So I've literally been sitting down. Any Jamaican would know about bitters. Yeah, so I've been sitting down drinking bitters each morning to kind of cleanse my blood and my soul. And this weekend you're going to do it all over again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, living I mean, your best it, life. We're out here to we're out here to use our body. You see what I mean? So yeah. I may as well. But it was a great weekend. So um, shout out to everybody that went. You know, I know there's quite a few people I've I saw online. Yeah, I, was like, out, I was out there went. with I was out there with Uncle Timmy and um, oh from Nerd the, Council. The Nerd Council. We were out here making waves. Yeah. <laughs> in this place but it was in, really good and some other of my friends as well yeah in terms of that idea of I feel like we've both like been to places that have really enriched our souls mm. and my friend reminded me of um, told me about this idea um, this Greek word called eudaimonia I hope I'm pronouncing it right and it also known as eudaimonism and it's a Greek word which refers to a state of having a good indwelling spirit mm. or being in a sort of contented state of being healthy, happy and prosperous. And like in moral philosophy, eudaimonia is also like referred to, um, it's used to refer to the right actions as as like those that result in the well-being of, of, of yourself and as an individual. And there are very there's different schools of philosophy whereby um they'd say like well, aristotle was like there are two things you need to be both inwardly happy but you also need to be in surroundings um that 
uphold that happiness and uphold the values and and almost strengthen the values that you hold inside mm. whereas then you have like other other people who would say well actually this virtue especially stoics they'd say that this this type of virtue and um happiness um shouldn't really be about outside places should come from within however i agree with aristotle in that there needs to be a balance between inward values and in inward things but then also your surroundings which is why it's very important to put yourself into places and go to paris and you know mm -hmm. new orleans and places that uphold these values and i've literally been absolutely going crazy researching this idea of eudaimonia and what it means to be happy healthy content prosperous eudaimonia and 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 i think it's absolutely important and i've and i think that anything you do like it's so weird because when i was younger i used to always go on panels and do all of these different things to give to give me this that feeling that flutter inside when you just feel whole when you feel like you've just had some food for, for the soul right mm. um and you and as you get older you stop that because you're too busy living life but i think it's when we get older that we need to continue doing that to make mm -hmm. sure that we do that regularly and it's something that we do that often so yeah eudaimonia guys go out and feed your soul yeah yeah go out and do it man go out and do it and travel i've been looking at travel uh, eurostar tickets for september Let's i'm trying to leave do it <laughs> i try to get out i try to get away but i'm trying to figure out what's so um about solo travel as well because i'm thinking that um i've not actually ever i've traveled places alone yeah before but like, you know, for a purpose, whether it be going out to teach abroad mm. or going out to study or whatnot, mm. just traveling alone. But I want to actually go somewhere by myself and then actually discover things yeah. and people around there. So I'm really figuring out how I'm going to, how I'm going to do that. Yeah. And um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'll be, I'll be, when you see my Instagram and hey. I'm out here. <laughs> Alex travels, guys. Out Alex here. travels. Alex travels. See, Alex, Alex travels. reads. Alex travels. Alex writes. Alex travels. Alex, Alex is out here. Alex Alchia. I love it. Okay, so tell us what you've been reading, Alex. Uh, this week, I've been reading... Well, we haven't, well, I haven't recorded with you in a while, so I want to know everything. Oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're hearing everything. You better <laughs> listen back to the episode. <laughs> um, I am reading... I've been reading this week, actually, um, a book called Stranger on The Stranger on the Bridge, mm -hmm. and it's written by um, a mental health campaigner called Johnny Benjamin. So back in 2008, he, esca he escaped. He ran away from um, the, the hospital that he was in, and that was kind of, I forgot what it was, but he has, um, he has a form of schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So he kind of escaped from the hospital. He said he needed to break out, and he... Um, found himself on waterloo bridge okay um you know ready to jump yeah. and commit suicide a very busy day in january and a man came up to him and started talking to him mm. and i'm like sat with him and started talking to him and talked him off the bridge eventually got him off but as soon as he got him off the bridge the ambulance the police took um took johnny and they took him away and then he was on a process of recovery and mm -hmm. it kind of spurred his recovery to kind of you know like he still has schizophrenia still has depression and these things but he um it kind of spurred that process but then in 2015 he set out on a mission to find this guy because yeah. he didn't remember who he was yeah and um he set up on a mission called and he like he did this whole thing it was on british he's on um breakfast tv he was all over the world everything trying to find he called it hashtag finding mike yeah yeah and he was, and handed out flyers on the bridge trying to find this guy everyone's stopping him because he had a documentary on channel four trying to find him yeah and um yeah he ends up finding him and it was like his name was neil but he ends up finding <laughs> him and now but since then it's kind of like spurred this kind of like thing where he you know he goes through um 
universities talking about mental health, goes mm. to schools, um, campaigns. He's been co-signed by the Duke of Cambridge and he's done all these different talks everywhere. And in the book, it basically chronicles his life from like his childhood up until now. Mm. And like, you know, how he felt when he was at university and what, you know, the mental health system was like then. Because I think university, he was probably, yeah, 2008, he was at uni. Mm. You know, just a few years before I, I went and whatnot. And um, it was just an, it's an amazing story. Like, it's an amazing story. And it's just so emotive. And he's got little excerpts of his diary and things like, like when he started writing when he was like 10 and then 14 and kind of talks about the music he listened to. So, so like, he's gay and he didn't really, um, he didn't know how to kind of deal with that level of his sexuality yeah. on top of his mental health issues, yeah. on top of all the pressures that he had at school and all that stuff. And he talks about like how he loved Madonna and like you know he tried to kind of to tone down his flamboyancy and all this different <laughs> stuff but then it and it was an interesting process his mental health kind of as he grew older and his mental health kind of intensified it he kind of started listening to like amy winehouse and billy holiday yeah. and um, whitney houston and then they and it was just he like found it kind of weird how he ended up listening to people who were who had really tough and difficult lives themselves mm. very interesting book. drawn to the energy right yeah very interesting books very interesting book very interesting guy yeah so um that's what i'm reading the stranger yeah. on the bridge it came out in may by bluebird yeah but um i guess if you want to guys want to read it or even look watch a documentary i think it's still on 4od yeah um have a watch like it was a, it's a very moving story very moving story wow sorry that just really um it's a really great send it sent it low right <laughs> no it is in it low yeah. but it's really it's just a really good book like yeah. it's just a, it's it's it doesn't have to be depressing do you see what i mean like yeah it's one of those motivating stories because what it does show it shows that the impacts of human kindness absolutely and the kindness of strangers is yeah. still there do you see what i'm saying it's like, true you know my uber driver lied to me sick he didn't have integrity what <laughs> that's not kind yeah he was literally <laughs> like yeah i'll get you to recording in time and I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah. And then he took the long route and then he was in traffic. And then he, like midway through, he realized his mistake and stopped talking to me. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no um, integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finished. So anyways, I'm reading two books. I'm reading um, the Pulitzer Prize winner, um, Andrew Sean Greer's book, Less, which kind of tells the story of a struggling novelist who like travels the world to avoid going to a, an awkward wedding of his like ex- but not X. Um, and it's quite hilarious and the, the narrator's really, really funny. Um, yeah, I'm reading that. And I, I I kind of don't know. I mean, there's there's been hype, but I don't believe the hype because as I'm reading it, I'm like a quarter way through and it's, it's, it's not living up to the hype as of right now. But what really lives up to the hype is a reread that I'm rereading um, from my university days. And I read Patricia Hill Collins' Black Feminist Thought when I was in my final year of university reading um, for my feminisms module. And we were talking about black feminisms. And um, this wasn't required reading, but it was just reading that I was doing around the subject because I was quite interested in it. Hermione Granger. <laughs> um, and I absolutely love this book because it really gives you a um, an academic, a kind of academic um, introduction into black feminism and black feminism, black feminist thought. However, I do think the downside of it is that it is 
quite um, um, African-American focus. So there is a lot of African-American um, feminists and, and women and, and theory and, and the struggle is looked at through the lens of what it means to be an African-American woman. And it does delve on what it means to be, to be an African woman a little bit. However, there is a bit of a gap with the, um, I guess, the black British woman perspective, which is, a, I think, a, um, an identity that has already has been has existed in a while but hasn't really been spoken about in the academic and intellectual sphere like that however i do think if you really want a good introduction into black feminisms um apart from reading the 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 actual philosophers and the actual uh black actual black women who have written on the subject if you want to get an overview um then this is a really good book to read it's called black feminist thought by patricia hill collins and yeah read it with a but obviously, a, a, if you are a, um, a British woman, read it with a bit of, um, you know, gap because you'll be encountering a gap. So yeah, that's what I'm reading, guys. And you, mean a gap? you know, read, read it, it, read, read it, it with, with a gap. gap. Like, okay, there's a gap the that gap. won't be filled, but it's okay. Just read it, uh, taking into consideration that gap. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's get started. So, right, so this week we have who's lit who is um, lit so i came across this story of this young woman called shina west and um she's basically been you know tipped as the as a young martial artist who's chopping anxiety out of her life she basically went through a very tumultuous relationship i didn't it doesn't speci- specify yeah, whether, whether it was a romantic one or not oh, she said yeah, it was a very trash. difficult relationship and she's basically um, been using martial arts to kind of overcome her anxiety. Yeah. And when she was first diagnosed with anxiety after the relationship, she was prescribed with medication, mm. didn't like the medication. So she basically found a new way to kind of um, put herself, like kind of like to manage the anxiety. So yeah. she found a new energetic um, output. So she basically, she said, she said, anxiety is often spoken about as a mental health issue, but I was experiencing very intense physical symptoms of it. Um, and she stayed on the, and she said, after being prescribed the medication, she said she stayed on it for a while, but with no prevail. And slowly but surely, I've come across a few methods and small understandings in my own way of what my anxiety is. So the reason I picked her is because she, it's taking that kind of like, it's having that agency and taking it to be like, I'm going to control what's happening up here mm. and she decided that you know this medication's not going to control me and control my life and to control the way that i perceive um you know the world it's not going to numb my senses but i'm going to take control of it by finding a different energy a different way to kind of exert whatever's going on inside me and i found that really really inspiring so i'm going to say that shana west is lit she is down in brixton yeah so yeah shout out to you shana Go, girl. Do your thing. Do, Do your thing. thing. I was Gosh. actually going on about... Um, oh, popping afro. Um, oh, yeah. That Love afro it. is banging. Love it. I was actually having... Talking about um, medication and medicating um, mental health issues online. Um, I find it's so weird because... Obviously, I think if you have a balance, a lot of psychiatrists and psychotherapists will say that, you know, it depends on your own circumstances. But 
um some people they have a balance of talking therapies and um medication and it's so weird that i can accept talking therapies as a, a way to deal with mental health issues but because mental health is so it can be so intangible especially if it's not on an extreme scale so if you're not seeing it then it's almost like it's not there right mm-hmm. however when you feel pain like if you have a headache or if you have a broken arm or even if you have cramps like you understand it the world understands that you've been educated in it so that you are aware that as soon as these this, these things happen you run to that medicine cabinet mm-hmm. and it's like when you when you when you realize oh shit okay i have to start taking something either for if it's depression or anxiety or anything you like you you start thinking oh but you know i can I could will myself out of feeling bad. I was thinking this in the weekend. I was like, oh, well, I can will myself. And then I was like, oh my God, like that's that very wild to, to, to even though to be so aware about mental health issues and to advocate for the changes and stay safe spaces and for people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. in it, you still talk yourself out of taking actual medication because you, it's still something that's so intangible that it's, you, or you're questioning whether it's real or not, yeah. which I think the conversation still needs to change because it's 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 still not, where I think it should be, yeah, definitely, and I think it should start very early on because it should really start. You're not talk- Nobody spoke to me about mental health issues until I was like very yeah. old. Yeah. Like you know, what I mean, I went through the whole schooling system, but they told you about periods at the right time because you can see and, it. and 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 puberty. They told you about Tangible. science and 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 you know illnesses. So yeah, I think we need to really have that open space about mental yeah. health. If you can find a way to cope, like Shana did, yeah, do it. Um. Okay, so should we head on to... Yeah, yeah. What are we... So this week, guys, <coughs> we have chosen... What was all that oh, about? Actually, Alex has chosen because I chose yeah, something else. Huh? Oh, do you actually have a strep No, I'm not giving you a strep oh. <laughs> Out here coughing on the mic. <laughs> coughing on the mic. Coughing, coughing on the mic. Ouch, yeah. We're coughing on the mic. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but it's embarrassing. Cringe. Um... <laughs> I'm really happy. Can't I can't be happy? Anyway, happy, so today we are discussing what it means when a man falls from the sky by the incredible Leslie Necker Arima, who was born in the UK, raised in Nigeria, and currently resides in Minneapolis in the USA. She is the winner of the 2015 Commonwealth Short Story Prize for Africa, and Whoop. she's also been shortlisted twice for the Kane Prize. Amazing incredible fantastic outstanding all the superlatives all, all of them <laughs> this is what i was doing all weekend all weekend, all weekend <laughs> amazing fantastic super <laughs> outstanding incredible oh, yeah. all the anyway superlatives. so um we'll be going through her debut short story um work and we'll be talking about it we'll read like inviting you guys to really send in your comments if you read it and if you haven't read it stop this episode right now go and pick it up Go and read it, and then continue. I mean, there'll be spoilers. Yeah, there will be spoilers, but you know. I mean, you can if you have no interest in reading this book. Actually, just listen. <laughs> just listen, and we'll see. We'll go through it. Yeah. So, so, first of all, overall thoughts on the book, then. Yes, Alex, go on. So, overall thoughts. Basically, I loved. I loved this book when I first read it. Um, it was. It was very. It was visceral, and yeah. like it had everything that. I love short stories, so I liked I liked the honing into little aspects of people's lives, and then try and then you know just that when something very very pertinent happens Absolutely. and then it ends. Yeah. Um, the way she writes is very very magical, 
have mm. to say. There's even we're gonna go through some of the stories in a bit, but there are some stories in there that really, really challenge myth and the mm-hmm. kind of the way that we perceive it. And it yeah. like and she basically and she does kind of come across really well as as like a griot, a griot, a griot. Yes. And um, you can you can just imagine her sitting here telling you these stories sitting down and just telling you them mm. and one thing that's important about this book also as well is that she doesn't focus on race slash ethnicity it's just it is what it is you will get the name of the character the character will mo- more than likely be nigerian and that is it that's all you're getting she's writing yeah anyways so my overall view is that so this is my first ever compilation of short stories that i read from beginning to end I read it in order and it's the first work body of work that I have finished of short stories. Um, I wasn't really a fan of short stories before, mainly because I never actually read them. So for me, it was just something different that I didn't know about mm-hmm. and I didn't really immerse myself in it. Therefore, what I don't know, I say I don't like because I'm childish like that, um, <laughs> which is what everyone does. I mean, yeah, it's ignorance. Some. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, so this uh, body of work is basically a compilation of stories that explores the different ties that bind people, binding parents, friends, uh, grandparents, husband, wives, um, you know, loved ones and strangers, house girls. And it ties them all in, and I say, a specific location, a specific place that either one or the other could call home or maybe not home. And um she does write a lot about i think what she knows she's obviously a nigerian woman so her a lot of the things that she wrote about a lot of characters were placed in nigeria um a lot of experiences were based on that first first generation migrant self where definitely you've moved abroad and it's that the diasporic identity mixed with the home identity mixed with the magical identity so a lot of the story there was stories of home you know stories of relationships bound to home Mm -hmm. and then there were the magical stories that i was like that didn't even have a place in the world didn't but it just was in your imagination and i think her talent is she is able to string your imagination pull these strings from different corners of your mind put them in a linear um order and you're still like what yeah so yeah. I think the, the 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 mere fact of being able to do that is just pure talent. I think that it's really strange when it comes to I not I wouldn't okay not strange but I do think it's very interesting to look at um, when you've got Afro African diasporic texts mm. or even diasporic texts mm-hmm. and they are in short story form mm. they tend to do all of they tend to have those topics of back home back or back home elsewhere belonging mysticism Mm -hmm. and yeah just you saying that now is kind of like triggered in my mind like all some other short stories that i've read and reading and seen a lot of them are just based upon you know your position and your belonging i find that really interesting when it comes to diaspora yeah i think it's because it's a it's a it's the topic is very particular Mm. so when i'm not saying that an artist should write all that they know and i think it's very important for artists to write things that they don't know about or uh to write from experiences that they've never had because that's that's the imagination do you know what i mean that's how it's supposed to work but um the say for example the western white identity does not have that idea of 
being pulled from a different place or doesn't have the idea of your country being ruled from a different you know history yeah. of of colonialism blah 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 blah. Yeah. it might have more of a um an entrepreneurial enterprise type of identity whereby it could be a normal story of sarah going abroad to visit her expat grandfather in italy and then going home and that in itself is just is an identity mm. because it shows you okay these people have done this they have a place that they're very firmly rooted in a place of home um which they do just fine and they're going on holiday to do this whereby one of the stories here is um one of my favorite stories actually from this collection uh light where a father um is struggling to raise a fiery independent amazing daughter and one of the reasons why he's struggling, I guess, is because his wife is getting an education in the United States. Right. So, okay. So, we're going to go into the stories then. Well I love Light. There. So, through Light. So, you saw it as that. No, no, no. Not, not, not all. Like, for me, Light yeah. was... So, what's, this, what's the story? Okay. So, Light? Light is a young father, Mbele, I think. Um, and basically, he narrates the story of his daughter and how he views his daughter and his daughter is this you know independent spirit she's wild and she's not yet corrected by the woes of the world i guess mm. um and she's just growing and in the end well his wife is goes to america to study and get an education blah blah, blah and you know he sees his daughter growing up his relationship with her and his and he sees the, the the relationship with the daughter and the mother and how strained it is because of distance because of the mere fact that she's not there to see her grow up and everybody i think is trying to tame the young girl and her father is i think very worried that the world will correct her that the world will dampen he he says that you know, when she wrote that, she basically she writes a love letter to a boy and gets mm -hmm. in trouble at school. And um, all the teachers tell him, you know, you must make sure that you discipline her. And he's like, she is his brightest ember and he would not have her dimmed. And to me, that that imagery of this young girl as this burning light, this fire, this mm. flame and mm. her the world telling her that yeah. she must dim herself a little. Her father's worried about yeah, that. Yeah. I just really enjoyed it because I felt like the, that the bond that the, because like, we talk about a lot about the mother and daughter bond mm. and mother and children bond regardless. But you know, the fathers, they don't tend to, they have to curate that bond a lot stronger or right. a lot, or they have to, obviously they have to work a lot harder. I guess there's an insecurity. There. An insecurity. So for example, okay. So we had, when we talked to um, Gabby, um, yeah. about her father and stuff and he's like as she grew older they grew closer because he, she was no longer a child she mm. was an adult but in this story in light it's like he didn't want her to be corrected he didn't want her yeah. to be anything he just wanted her to be, to be. his daughter yeah. and it was I'm, I found in the story it was the mothers and it was the wives that, he's that, like that you know there was a bit there I was just seeing where um, she was like when she when she got there to America and she's like oh um, daddy makes me breakfast yeah. and she's like well why why is your daddy making you breakfast you're old enough to make your, to, uh, you yeah, to be cooking you should, you should cook, be yeah. you know what I mean so it was a very interesting story kind of like to, to see that to see that the, the strength of the mother but 
also like the fieriness of the child is is dampened by the mother yeah in the sense rather than by her dad who you would expect it to be like oh go yeah. you should go and cook you're, yeah. like, you're my daughter cook for me kind of but, thing that's I kind mean, of what I you would expect I think that's easily explainable because so the when her so her mother is trying to get her in order saying that you should do your hair properly um, you should learn to cook and stuff and I think it's because that she has also been dampened and she even says like well in you know the words of Leslie who says why doesn't she see that I'm trying to ease her her transition and I think it is that transition from being a fiery independent child uh, not even a child but just a fiery individual an individual who is who is without the the shards of of society and 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 the teachings that turn you into a woman and what that what the identity of being a modern day woman Mm -hmm. looks like and her mother is trying to ease her into that transition like be a woman that is that is um palatable to men be a woman that um submits be a woman that cooks and cleans and does all do your role essentially don't be this other thing that i do not know how to manage because i have also been taught this way and it really reminds me of um um, what's it called? I actually wrote it down. It's a poem by Audre Lorde, and I love it. I told you guys to read. It. I don't know if you have. Um, it's called How to Raise a Woman. Um, no, it's not called How to Raise a Woman. Um, I always had to read. Da, da, da. Anyways, basically, she says that instead, of, oh, it's called instead of a letter of congratulations upon your book and your daughter when you, um, when you say you are who you say you are raising to be a correct little sister, and he explores the fears of raising the daughters in the past and with the antiquated views of like internalized misogyny essentially mm-hmm. yep. and one thing that that um audrey lord writes is for i am already a sister corrected already raised up we are landscapes tony printed upon them as securely as water etches um feather on stone so it's i think i almost feel sorry for the mother because she's she has already been corrected she's she's had her light dimmed and she just wants her daughter to be put in place. She's just doing what she knows. Yeah. Doing what she knows. Doing what she knows. Um, but that bond between mother, father, father and, and daughter, daughter was just Because like, you, you could feel the the lament. Like, you could feel the, the pain yeah. in it. But was it... Hold on, I'm trying to think. Is that the story? Is that the, the story where when she's born, like, the grandparents are saying... Actually, wait, no, one? no, no, that's not that one. Not that that's one. not that one. Okay, I think cool. you're, I think you're thinking of glory. No, that's a different one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, yeah, I, no, I we'll do you like the later, end but... about this, um, this one where the end shifts and the the narration shifts and and Leslie does it really, uh, uh, beautifully where he kind of sits there imagining what his daughter will be like when he goes when she goes to America. Sorry, and the, the changes that will overcome her and how she transitions between a Nigerian girl to a Nigerian woman living in the States. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the flip, I think, in narration, um, where he's literally just sat somewhere explain, like telling us how it's going to happen. Oh, when I see this and I see this. And it's almost like, and then it happens. Yeah. And I think that was so cool. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the end of Things Fall Apart. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah. just it's done. So, it's just so sudden. Yeah, it was done beautifully. But that's kind of like the rhythm of life, really, isn't it? Like you have the you have the moments where you have anticipation until yeah. something happens, and then it, it's all of a sudden it changes. It's like boom, yeah. Right, this is it now. Um, how do we deal with that? 
Karma King. But I like that story. I love that's that story. A, that no, was not really... my favorite. Well, what's I... your favorite? Let's, let's let's come on to your favorite. Hmm. So, which one was my favorite? I did like Don't Wild. Talk... Huh? Oh, I did like Wild. Don't talk about Volcano because that's my favorite. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about <laughs> But um, Wild. Okay, wild, talk about Wild. Wild was interesting because yeah. so, right. What's just Wild to... about? So Wild was about. I'm trying to get her name. I don't think they mention it. They don't mention names in there. But anyway, but, uh, a young girl is young woman is sent to Nigeria before she goes to university in the States. Um, she hates it. She's like, why are you sending me to Nigeria? Um, yeah, she has bick- bickering with her mum. Bickering with her mum, whatever. So she, my mum sends her to Nigeria to, to iron her out, put her straight. Basically. <laughs> um, for a bit. Every parent of, used to have that. And I like hate that, that the idea of using back home as this weapon. Yeah. It but really it's like, but it's just... More like, uh, but I feel like it's more um, go back home or go this go to this place. See poverty. And see I, how no, people I, live. I don't, I don't think it's that even. I think it's Gee, go, I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's go back to this place, get some grounding, and humid and hue and like humble yourself. I don't know. It's more so like yeah, but where's that humility coming from? Like, see how people live. No, no, see no, how hard things, it can get, no, and then the come is, back here like so corrected. Like yeah, before I go back before I go back into the story, but like when you're the way I always saw it, it was always like, okay, so when you're growing up here, say in the United Kingdom or the United States or whatever, the West, y- yeah. you're in the West even, you're you're very, very like consumed around everything. Everything you can get straight away. You can go out, you can go here, you can go yeah, there, you can drink, you can go there, yeah. you go to university, you go to school, you go to parties, all these different things. Um, and while you can do that back home, it's, a di- it's, it's saying, go back home, to get that context so we don't lose you. But where is that context coming from? Is that context something that is primitive almost? Or are we looking at it as just something that is different? Because there's a fine line between go home because a lot of the times what they don't, I used to get that threat a lot. And it's go home, like, oh, you know, if you don't, you know, we'll send you back home and then you're going to miss all of these opportunities and then you'll see, and I used to always get, you'll see how people actually live because, you know, yeah. there is that struggle and like, I think they want you to be hardened by yeah, that I never struggle. Looked at, I never looked but at it. But I don't, I, I never don't looked at it that. as, you know, I never looked at it as just, oh, see how, see how your, see how these people live. Do you know what I mean? Like anybody that grows up, like the level of maturity that you're at, you're going to know that you have it, you have it good where yeah. you are. You know what I mean? Like you may be poor in this country, but poor in this country is, is a different very different to poor, poor in elsewhere. Well, yeah. So, she goes back to her to Nigeria and she goes to stay with her cousin and her aunt. Who are quite well off. They have a driver. Yeah, well off. I mean, it, Do they have I, a driver? I feel like it's. I don't. I think it's. No, they don't have a driver. Okay, so in Jamaica we have a driver, but we have, but it's not a driver as in like they're employed to us. If that makes any sense. They're not it's, employed. It's like it's um, it's a taxi well, man. A, no, 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 no. It's a taxi. It's a taxi guy, but they know the family. Oh, I see. Sense. Okay. So it's not like oh, we have a driver. Like this is, you know. You know, yeah. whatever man and then he's tra- driving us around but it will be a family someone who knows the family and he would drive us but um so that's what i thought it was in that story but she goes there and she basically finds herself um trying to relate to her cousin i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Trying to find... He's had a baby out yeah, of wedlock. He's had a, he's had a baby. That you, don't, that, that you don't realize that until really? through the story. No, because you do. No, because you look at the baby... I, yeah, I realised at the moment they no, mentioned no, no. it. There's this baby, yeah. There's this baby in Who's, the story. Come on, you know, because they, they talk about her, the whispering, Bruv, uh, being called I the brother. The this. moment he goes in, the moment she goes in and the baby's crying and the, the cousin takes the baby. And I thought the, it was her mother, sibling. No, but that's, oh, come on, Ali. I thought it was her sibling. <laughs> I actually thought it was her sibling. I was like, okay, so there's, there's this baby there. I understand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have, I understood our age gaps. I was like, okay, so you've got this older sister who's looking after the child, who's very much like, you know, I mean, I understand there's this big age gap. You need to read the story again. And I was like, I'm reading it again with a different view now. Yeah. Because I'd be like, yeah. so when I read that, and I was like, oh shit, it's the child. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the mother's referring but to the baby as your brother because that's what I obviously, mean. So I will look at it like that. She doesn't want the world to so know. I look at it like that, but that's what I mean. When I start reading stories, I kind of take them at face value a lot no, of the time because I, I run man. with the protagonist. I run with the protagonist. I'm like, yeah, this is what the protagonist is seeing but then um yeah so she's like she's it's it's about how this the protagonist is with her cousin and figuring out um there's all these different family um dramas that happened before her mum left and her dad left the country yeah so they go to a party and they go to a party is it a ball or something or a I'd say it's a party. I, think, I think it was a hall party essentially hall party. yeah there's yeah. african hall parties yeah so basically she goes she goes to um, live with her aunt and cousin for a few weeks in the oh, summer. Chinere was the cousin's Chinere. name. Chinere. And Chinere is, you know, she's a wild child. Like, she does what she wants. But at the same time, there is this huge, there's this humane, there's this this richness in her. This, I think this, story, this, this collection of books is all about young women who do not want to be pinned down. And Chinere, like, she... She's she's another wild one, but her wildness, she knows her wildness. She's aware of it, I think. And she does whatever the hell she wants. And they go, she's like, you know, tell mom to, that you want to go out with the car. Um, because if I ask her, she'll say no. <laughs> and then the cousin, like, does that. And they go to this hall party where there is this woman who I think was very much in love with her father uh, before her father went to the states with her mum and before she was born and she was kind of alluding to this family drama that happened before and she, um and the narrator was feeling very uncomfortable and Chanera like 
she went off basically with some guy and then ended up ditching her cousin to go home. So this young woman was left by herself, the narrator. And what I love about the story is it's actually just all about family yeah. and family ties yeah. and the little, the, no, the, the very big, strong bonds that bind family, bind black families without the black because when you're with your family you're just like you're just my mum but when other people are talking about it in 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 the intellectual space of novels and writing it's you know the black family mm. you know it's you know she's stay there in africa you know do you know what i mean and, and it's, it's that rubbish it's but here it's like i think what leslie's is amazing at is is illustrating that bond between families and and the mess and yep. how sometimes beautiful that mess is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even yep. though it so can feel ill. She goes to this, she goes to this whole party, <laughs> and she's like, and she meets this woman called Grace. What's her name? Grace. Uh, Ogie, Auntie Ogie, Grace, Ogie, Grace Ogie, who Ogie, drives Ogie. her home in the end. It's so funny. <laughs> Auntie Grace is a hater. Auntie Grace is a hater. Like I knew your father. You know, he was I a, good, knew your he was dad, a godly you know? man. He was a godly before he married your before mother. He went off to America. I was like, and she's there drunk. Drinking. I know <laughs> she's drinking her sorrows. She's just lamenting on the guy, the one the, that got but away. That's the thing, but like the story is really big on, um, you know, the 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 the, the oh, what is it? Who suffers because of the parents? Do you see what I mean? Mm. So it's basically so she went to the whole party with Chinere. Chinere is basically trying to elevate herself because she doesn't want to be where she's from she doesn't want to be in this kind of class society she's trying to do social climbing she's trying to do a one social moving mobility. through these things and she just left um ditched her, her cousin she left her cousin there in the place and then aunt, aunt, and, so and then auntie grace auntie grace brings her back in this car all this and all shrouded in shame um well oh, okay the, the protagonist doesn't really feel shame she's just like well i just mm. need to get back home to be honest but chinere gets really reprimanded so she it. should have fam. It's really recommended. Phone taken away, all these different things. But you're treating this girl like I no. Like, I think she should have. You know, if I was her mother, I'd be like, you're treating you this girl like that. a child. Like she's acting like one. She's, but, like, I didn't but, like to know. But, but there's a level. There's a level of rebellion that people that 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 young people have against their families when they give when they're not given. I totally get it. Yeah. When the, you know, when, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's either what somebody said. When you're given too much space you rebel or when you're not given that much space you rebel harder or something mm. really strange but she's been rebelling and like this yeah I mean she had a whole baby out of wedlock she had a baby out of wedlock that her family are trying to hide trying to hide and all these different things and like you know she's constantly feel like her freedoms are constantly restricted and yeah. all of that she, stuff she's she's and a girl that wants to she's a flower she basically free. And she then just wants to bloom yeah. and she sees her cousin come from the states who has all this level of independence all this and money all these it. clothes and she's not using it yeah and, and like you know what i mean angry. and it just makes you angry so that's kind of why i wanted i picked the story because when you go back home yeah and your cousins and your family look at you yeah like what is that feeling because you have this feeling of like there's a there's a small feeling of like embarrassment of like oh well I have all this I have all this stuff I have this there's as an energy you have from Absolutely. being yeah. from being over here and then going back yeah um, especially if you're not well for me especially if I'm not born back home mm. it's a, there's a different kind of an energy there so I think for it, me that was I felt like that or people imposed that feeling on me when I was younger especially like parents they'd be like you should feel um, very lucky you should feel grateful that yeah. you have all of these opportunities and your cousins may not however i do think that we we need to start looking at um the different countries in africa and the african identity very differently because when when we say that 
we are kind of almost admitting that there is a the difference is an opportunity and as much as there is i think it's very much changing now mm-hmm. especially in the different class systems so the pov- like poverty here is different to poverty in africa right yeah. um and my family i would say the young girls in my family are not restricted from i don't think opportunity restricts them one i think men the men restrict them <laughs> and the misogyny in the cultures and the different people and the society restricts them so opportunity i think they have they could yeah. definitely have more on a larger scale yeah. because london is global whereas i think zanzibar is not it's not on the map like that do you know what i mean so opportunities might not be as global yeah. as you might get them here but at the same time it's also about it's a different it's it's it's, 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 it's there are multiple uh multiple factors but the idea of going back in the day i did as this girl felt i did feel ashamed because oh why me why did my mom send and me possessions, back to dance having, you know I mean? things. but there is also this duty of giving back which i've written about and spoken about many times of the the first generation second generation migrant child with this duty of giving back yeah to uh back home this idea of back home and um and i think the girl in this she was almost like but you know how her identity completely changed when she was in the US. She was like, you know, like she, oh, had, a, she had a lesbian, yeah, like um, friend. Exactly, she's <laughs> out here, she's <laughs> chilling. She's but doing. she went back home and she just went straight into her shell. She was it's, almost an observer of society and of life rather than a participant. And, I, and, and in that's it. kind, of, and that's what I, and that's what I do think is the beauty of it of going back home every so often mm. because you, that humility you do kind of need it because you get so caught up in the speed of life where you are and everything happening everything all these things. but then until you go back home because i feel like when i went back to jamaica for after what four or five years of not going i used to go every other every two years then i grew older started working and i didn't get to go and then as soon as i went back i looked at it and i looked, I looked at everybody completely differently yeah. i was like this is where i'm from yeah this is the culture that I come from, yeah. and obviously, because you you have a you have that level of understanding from being in London, because obviously the communities and whatnot that are here. But going back there, and you can actually start to to look at everything and think, you know, this is you start you do start to observe naturally, you start to observe just the way you don't you wouldn't act the same way that you do being Absolutely. here because you're not because ultimately you're not immersed in the you're, life. You're, really. you're you're yeah you're immersed in the life here, but going back home, you can actually see you just start to look around at things, start to look at what people have, what people don't have, yeah. like what you can, what you have to do to, you know, necessarily to survive. And you're basically learning all these things. And this is kind of what she was doing. When she went to the hall parties, she went to see what she, like, what what that was about. Because However, she probably didn't, you know, she don't was, you think you can get that here? And what is stopping us from getting that here? Why do we need to get that here? We're here. No, 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 as in, no, but... So you're so you're saying you go back somewhere to understand how no. people live. However, do the people on the ground when you know in Nigeria where this set, where this book is set, do the people on the ground have that same view? When they come at, here, yeah, when they come here, or when they go, or do they have that same view there, or is it that we just need well, somewhere back to go? Of course, they don't have that same. They don't have that same view there at all. Yeah, okay. um, because they live there the same way that we don't have that same view here. We're not going to sit down and observe in the same way. Yeah, we will walk 
with that same oblivion of this is my life and this is where, this yeah, is the country okay, that cool. I'm in. Yeah, because I just wanted to understand. I just it was that difference yeah. between being here and then being going elsewhere to get grounding. Mm-hmm. Do the people on the ground there need to go somewhere else no, to no, get no, grounding? No, no, no. Like the thing is, so for example, like if you've got somebody that comes from you know Jamaica, Nigeria, wherever, and they come here, Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Thank you. I mean. Okay. okay. I'm really tired of not being in the conversation. I mean, you're kind Nigeria of far away. Nigeria is not the whole of Africa. You're far away, though. I don't care. You're like, you're just this remote island. First of all. Elsewhere. Wow. Far. Indian Ocean, you know. What the fuck? <laughs> like, far away. I'm it's tired fine. of your shit. It's Anyways, fine. yeah. Um, I want to ha- go there. I want to swing on a hammock in, in Zanzibar. Oh, God. Anyways, what I also <laughs> wanted to say okay. is, um, Leslie's, I think the idea of being an observant of society Mm. rather than being a participant in it. Leslie does it very well in the different narratives that she has because of the places or um, the narratives where people are moving away um, and going back and coming forth and going back, you see the observer side of the narration of them very much looking out onto the world and Leslie narrating from almost like a fly on the wall. And then there are those... Um, narratives where the protagonist is part- is participating in day to day society. I think that's Glory. You know, Glory is the the woman should we who. We got two more stories. Yeah. Yeah. I so think. Should we should we save the one? The volcano the one. Okay. And yeah, then sure. we can do Glory. Can Which do glory? glory is Glory the one where this woman is just at, she's so mediocre. She literally out here just I doing what she needs to do. <laughs> hate that story. I hate it. I love I read story, it and I was like, Glory, yeah. you are so, em- you you're embarrassing. Do you know why, do you, you know why I like, do you know why I like this story? I <laughs> okay. like this story because she's just real with the whole, with it No, all. she's not. She doesn't, she doesn't, she don't, she don't care about shit. She How is she real I, when she's her start, own Facebook picture? She, she don't lies. Don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> basically what she's doing. <laughs> she's like, don't start none. Her, name, her name is Glory none. to, her name is Glory to be got, glory to god i think so <laughs> like you know what i mean like she couldn't even have that on facebook because it wouldn't allow her yeah it's not a real name no but she's she's, not a, laughing at that, she's lying laughing at she's lying to everyone around her but you know what i love about the story is it shows how black women cannot be mediocre because we'll be judged for it our our good is someone else's outstanding excellent fantastic fabulous out of this world that is our good for you to say oh she's she's doing okay that woman is probably doing bits do you know what i mean but glory my name is glory be to god and gozi akunili first of all Come you now. better put some respect on glory be to god yeah glory be to god like, her name's glory anyway but yeah glory works in a call center glory works, on, works, works on the ground she doesn't even work in management glory is living off her mum and dad's money glory. no her mum and dad think that she's something else no well, her parents said that she's doing another job. Basically, she's just lying for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Glory meets a man she called... Meets, um, I forgot his name, but my man... He's like, I actually really like him, but he reminds me of... Um, Thomas. He reminds... He really wanted to... Do you think he tr- he wanted to mould her into a specific type of woman? In the Near the end, yeah. I don't think... You know what? I, I think... I, I think, really I think, like I think that I think that he... He just wanted things to work. Yeah, he really wanted it to work. He's just basically like, I like this girl. She's a um, bit... We're all, at, we're, all at, we're all at this particular age. She's Ibo. I'm Ibo. This is all going to work. This is all great. And then Thomas's mum comes through. And then Thomas's mum comes out of nowhere and from pleasantness 
comes down to just like like oh so do you want kids do you want to move back to Nigeria basically so Glory what do you do yeah the story basically is revolves around Glory and Glory is an only child um, basically Glory, is, Glory like don't do nothing she, Glory she's is an just, only child he's not, she doesn't really have much career projection she doesn't have she's still scrounging off her mum she mom. is what's her name um, Bridget Jones she oh is Bridget Jones oh and Bridget God. Jones <laughs> would be acceptable like people will accept Glory if she was white and all her mediocreness, but because but, she's a black woman, but no one doesn't, and because of the culture that but she's no one from, doesn't accept her. This is no, what I'm but she's Who doesn't like people her? judge her. Thomas's mum, her own parents judge her. Because, always I mean, telling her like you could do so much better in life, and therefore, <laughs> she no, could. therefore <laughs> she actually could. Glory pissed me off. I was literally reading in this and be like, Glory, but then I was, I was like, like, but then why don't we accept that? And it's the same thing with so much stuff. It just reminds yeah. me of like how black women and black people cannot do yeah. cannot write one things that are mediocre they have to be outstanding out of this world you know what I, I had a conversation with my dad this week about legacy it was when i say conversation it was more him telling me and it was actually quite interesting yeah about like so reading this story obviously your parents are going to look at you and be like Hey, I didn't put all this money into you for you to come out here and be no. scrounging money off me for your rent. Yeah. Okay, um, where is your money, kind of thing? Like you know, what I mean, you're a big woman at your big age. You're out here getting money from your parents, and she and her mum is giving her money and not telling her dad and all this stuff. And I just find that really, really strange. Well, parents are always going to ask, like always going to want the best for you, you know, legacy wise and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they're going to ask these questions. But Gloria was to be honest, Glory, I have high Glory expectations of people and of myself. So for me to be like. Glory. But what the thing, but Glory's had never had anybody to kind of um, No, but she did though. Glory's never had anybody to base herself off of. Do you see what I mean? As an only child, I would imagine I'm not one, so I don't know, but there if you don't have many if you don't have many cousins, if you don't have a huge family around you all the time. You literally didn't have any you don't there's no soundboard. Do so where is I mean? that internal thing for example, I have a big family but and I definitely am grateful for what they've what they've helped me achieve, but I can honestly say Nobody ever told me to go and do my homework since year four. That was the last time. Yes, there was a food and a shelter and a basic things provided that would enable me to be in an environment where I could sit down Your and teachers. do my homework. But where is that internal thing that pushes you? And I think that is it's, what's very different from people to I mean, people. But we, need to, but we need to remember, like, yes, it's within people to people. But you know that you know that when you're at school and the teacher says, do your homework, you're going home to do your homework to bring it into school so you don't get in trouble at school like you're not you're I not guess, you're like, both, caring but, but, of whether you get not, in trouble or not because some people didn't but they're not saying and they didn't care they'll be like my dog ate it who no one yeah. said that in oh Britain. no trust me no, no one said that in london no one no first of said all that in my all, classroom you're in a liar. year four i can <laughs> sit here and in. tell you someone, no the not the dog one someone said oh, okay. the wind blew it away i remember who it was oh wow okay darren Wow, he said, <laughs> yeah, because it was the, the excuse that I was like, what? Literally said, like, where's your homework, Darren? The wind blew it away. And I was like, rah. So I was really honest. I didn't do my homework. I was like, I didn't do it, miss. Really? <laughs> Got in trouble. I, like, you know I what I mean? I would basically go, like, if I didn't do the homework, I would find a way to at least try and do it last minute. If I couldn't, time. if I didn't do it last minute, yeah. I was like, well, it just didn't get done. Yeah. You know? I'm so like, sorry. It's just, uh. I remember the time I didn't get to do my homework. What well, was actually homework? It was like 
was, I was like a big woman. I was like in year 10. I, and then I had to tell my, I told another teacher to go and tell the teacher because I was really scared. Cause, what? No, because I was, um, I was like, oh, I always do my homework. Like I'm not one. I never really miss my homework like that. Mm. And then someone had to go and tell Miss Agvila, who's like my favorite teacher <laughs> in the world, that I didn't do her homework. And I was like, can you go and tell her because I can't do it. And it was before the class because I was so scared. And she was like, I didn't want to disappoint her, you know? What? At the end of the day, I did all my- That was my woman, man. That was my mum from When I got to secondary school, I didn't even do homework at home. I did homework. I was, I stayed, did the homework. And then I went back home. I got like, you know what I mean? There was no, there's no point. My house was busy. school, man. Too many, too many people. But glory, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Was very, was very- flying monkey. It was a very interesting, I just found it a very interesting story. Um, I didn't like it at all. It was an interesting story just because it was so simple. It was yeah. like, you know, it was just something, it was so regular. She it's had, like, listen, she was, I work. She, she works, she works in this- I'm trying to find a man, man come through. That's in this, in this really mediocre place. And she tried in really to change herself position, for him a little bit. And she was having really mediocre sex with him. And really? Was it mediocre? Yeah, she said it was good, but it wasn't great. Oh, okay. But then she smiled over it like it was amazing. Oh, oh no, girl, come on. Yeah, she did all that stuff. And it just makes you, it just made me wonder like about. This is what everyone's doing, going through, man. Well, most, most women anyway. Poor things, you know, know what I mean? Ladies. And the final story. Do not be settling like, and glory the final, be to God. Oh, <laughs> and Bridget Jones. The final story. The oh final my God, story. Let's Bridget Jones got pregnant in the end, didn't she? For the wrong baby daddy. It all moved kind of crazy, didn't it? Well, in the film, it's the right baby daddy. In the, oh. in the movie, it's the wrong baby daddy. Okay. I love I love the whole Bridget Jones, like all three of them. You watched them? You read them? No, I didn't read oh, them. Okay. But I love watching them, all three of them. I, don't know, I have seen them. Mar- what? Okay, we're having a Bridget Jones. No, it, it just looked, we're having it just a looked, mostly it lit. It looked really wet. You know when it's, it looks, it looks like it smelt. You know when it looks like it smells of um, First of all, dampness. You be careful what you say. You know, it smells of dampness. That's what it looked like. It looked damp. Bridget Jones looks damp. It looked damp. Like the, wet the, the film looked damp. Like, like you know. Like like a mop. You no, know, Yeah, like a, you know, like, hmm, how can I put a it? flannel. How can I put it? You know when it's like. And you're squeezing it out and you're like, right, it's still no, wet. You know, like, you know when you wash clothes. And that damp smell. And there's a damp smell. After you've left it for too long and you haven't hang it out. But like, it looks like, but, 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 but you, I know what but you can't like. be asked to, to put it down. It's, the whole room just smells damp. And then, you're, and even later on, when it's dry, it still smells yeah, damp. Yeah, everything. Because every time I feel like, you have to wash it all over and, again. Yeah, or the dampness when you With come Febreze. out of the rain. Febreze, even. <laughs> and no, even that, like when, you, when you, you're trying to do Febreze when you actually need incense because right. it needs to kill the scent. Kill the scent. Because it's dry. <laughs> and basically, when you see, when I was looking at the, when I, every time I watch a Bridget Jones. Bridget Advert, she was always wet and in the rain yeah. and talking about so, oh my god smell like the damp nope. from clothes that nope. have been left nope. you are a colonial mess i am not watching no darkness. i no you <laughs> i'm sorry have to watch I've de- it. I've i love bridget jones i'll try and it's watch actually it. really really funny i'll try and watch it anyways um so the no, volcano together so the last book is um, the last, the last story. story is called what is a volcano and it's my favorite story so this story centers around the myths of certain elements within African folklore with an ant and river gods and many, many, many other elements. Okay, first of all, whatever. <laughs> so, but it um, does though, that's what it does. So basically this story, let me do that again because I don't know what the hell Alex was doing. <laughs> I was doing my, my, my best BBC voice. BBC voice. BBC. So anyways, this story um, is told from... A narrator who, I would say it's an omniscient narrator who narrates the feud between the ant god and the river goddess. And it's basically a feud 
I don't, I don't know what. Well, basically, I'll, I'll read you the first uh, paragraph. It says, The god of ants and the goddess of rivers were feuding. Their feud was in the early stages, more a, more a cause for rolled eyes and snickers than alarm. River had divided one of her streams, and the new current washed away a small uh, anthill of no real consequence, except Ant had grown especially fond of this fledgling colony. So she's trash. He complained first to the goddess of hearts, legendary for her sympathy, then to the god of vengeance, known for his wealth, vengeance. Ant approached another, many other deities, trying to talk them onto his side of things. But those who did not smite him simply laughed, for Ant was the most minor of the gods, hardly more than a spirit. And who even knew there was a god of ants? Did you? Anyways. That was so trash. I was like, <laughs> I remember that. I was like, I, was like, I didn't know there was a god of ants. Let's keep reading. Right? Let's keep so, reading the story. One, that reading was awful because I was like trying to find the page. It was funny. You could have just read from my book. Oh, okay. But. And I, I kind of memorized so, it. So Ant, so, that, so Ant had an insecurity issue. And oh my God. He didn't, he didn't. Give me the book because of the part where it's like. Ant was basically Ant had small man syndrome, low key, like oh, short you know, man syndrome. He said, "Oh, you never steal small things from, from small, small people. men." <laughs> I literally died. Oh. She literally said, "You don't steal small things from small men." It's here. <laughs> uh, <I> was... <laughs> um, and yeah, and Ant got really pissed off because, like, you washed away the ant hill for nothing. She was just like, mm, "Today she's I'm just gonna." Mm. She's like, "I'm just gonna do this." But um, then, so the story. But do you want to read it? Such a small man with small concerns, but a fun diversion for such a woman as she. <laughs> 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 this is like, shh, I'm just gonna annoy a short man today. But let's be serious about this story because it is my favorite of of um, the collection. It, it's a, the story. It's it's. It basically, it basically, it's basically, stable, artic- it basically it? articulates what, what you, what ha- you can't treat people yeah. in a particular way just because you have a certain level of power. You can't Absolutely. be so condescending to certain people because the book, that story basically talks about River. Every time River was asked about Ant, she would laugh condescendingly. Like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I've never, you know, what I mean, yeah. Ant would grow vengeful steady, to steady the point venge- where vengeance, yeah. the point where River has um, twins as children twins, and yeah. Ant takes vengeance on her by kidnapping the kids mm-hmm. and something really terrible happens to one and you know throughout time River goes out trying to look for her daughter and time as in thousands and thousands yeah, of years yeah and um, her sister who is, an, is a half god um, becomes like becomes bereaver and like so river really loses her will to start looking for her children yeah. and then bereaver takes up the mantle trying to find find it so find basically the, yeah, the you've got river life whose sister is grief and grief tries to find these kids yeah these children and, and they Ant are hidden and and ant also goes in hiding as yeah. well with the humans <laughs> with with humans so takes up human form and you know takes lovers here and there and stuff and yeah moves forward in life he has the immortality so he's yeah. out here being living a living his life however <laughs> I do agree and I think I think this honestly one of the best short stories I've read because it it I think and it really shows her talent because I don't know about you but when when she mentioned ant god river god in your mind what was how did these beings take form? They weren't human, right? In your eyes. But if they weren't human, what were they? At first, I thought... I thought that they were 
I pictured them as what they said, a river and an ant. Yeah. Then it grew and I've pictured river with like long blue kind of like shawls and yeah but was she human and she was black and she was human okay but she was very like a part of nature and kind Mm -hmm. of like the river and all these different things and she kind of lived around the water and all that whereas ant lived among the earth with like dirt and i I saw him very much underground yeah like he's very like he's very proud but he's very proud of his people and he's Mm. done really wants to protect them but they're constantly being belittled and looked down upon and all these different things and I think that yeah, it was a I, it was a great story. But looking at that, just looking at you know envy and belittling and just the way that in the end the story kind of gets passed down, passed down, passed down. And you know I think there's a bit where Ant kind of crushes the truth into a stone and puts it into a ring and then gives yeah. it to because he was running, he's on the run from Bariva and River, yeah. so they're running for they're gonna be running for running, eternity. Every three hundred years, running, they're gonna be. Running running around yeah and um yeah do you know what made me think of what so vamp- vampires diaries yeah oh God, here we go so, I'll, so i'm back on can this we, again can, well, can i just do you have to talk about vampire diaries no now? okay but let's make I can, this quick I, but i'm gonna make this very very quick okay so basically the the original vampire family are yeah. running away from their dad yeah for, Michael. for how many years yeah. and this is what it kind of reminded me of yeah. like they're gonna be running away from each other for how many mm-hmm. years i'm thinking how far can you run Forever, you can run around the world. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, so but, yeah, but these are you. but these are gods, and yeah. I'm just like. This is just what crazy. I really loved about this was the idea of how actions can become big, big things, and how something very, very small can become something that the effects of a very small thing can be felt throughout history and throughout time. Yeah. Because essentially, River in the beginning didn't need to like wash out that colony of ants there weren't a lot of them for her it was something very stupid it was something it was an afterthought and i think afterthoughts become main priorities if if what you do harms them in a way so i think what this story this myth this fable even um what it demonstrates is to ensure that you really think about your actions and how they affect other people small as they might be and because you don't know what that particular thing means to somebody else so i mean vampire diaries for instance you know you're i i would say oh he's just watching it now he doesn't know what it means like okay like he's just watching it blah blah i've watched vampire diaries since sixth form like when it started actually and it has been a major thing in my life. So when, I don't know, when you were cussing off um, someone, I think Esther, Michaelson. Um, I wasn't cussing off Esther. Oh, was someone, Elena. Some, was it Elena? Ugh. Anyways, so when someone, no, you were Trash. cussing off Esther because you were like, oh, no, you, you didn't know that Alaric was, basically kind of became an original because he was oh, turned, yeah, yeah, he was turned yeah. by the original like mother. Anyways, so when, when I heard of that, I was like, trust you do you know what i mean that pains me a little but for you you're just watching a show so that's just me showing an example of how priorities and how things matter differently for people and i think you need to be really understanding and river wasn't and she felt the ramifications of her actions of her very small actions centuries thousands of years afterwards what i also really love about this story is the reason why i asked you how how did these characters take form in your mind was because the first time i read it because they were so this story was so different from other stories in that it didn't talk about humans my imagination was was literally like 
in havoc because i was like well how do, how do i where are the, the the personification lines how do i personify this and then i was like this is beautiful because the the moment you render my imagination like there is no logic to it and i have to start building blocks all over again mm. in your writing it was like whoa i positioned them in the same way that i positioned the anansi stories in the oh, anansi boys yeah i didn't read them very good stories yeah. in the but in the anansi boys um it was very interesting just because they take human form but mm. on the godly plane they take the form of their animal i see so it might but say, that's it might still say, something it's, it's, that is like so you might, can you can you can form that in your mind exactly. animals however rivers but that's what i mean we know like, rivers but do we know the river god and how the river but, but god looks I mean, like but you can but you can actually you can you can think of poseidon and think yes he's but the you know poseidon like in in the films poseidon takes the form of a human sometimes larger sometimes just the sea moving about sometimes it's a small right. human but so, with this i was because he she didn't explain and she didn't um describe it in a way like this is how they are formed my imagination was trying to catch onto something on the page that could allow me to ground ground down my image of the character mm. and she started doing that slowly slowly and i think that is what was so amazing about this because sometimes i'll see it as ants and it, it wasn't this one thing it was a stream of consciousness that was very conscious mm. she knew exactly what she was doing it read like normal prose however the imagining of the characters was very stream of consciousness because i couldn't place them i could just hear their voices yeah. and sometimes I'd, I'd grasp and look up them here and there um and i also wanted to touch on i just wanted to ask whether all of these types of myth and stuff and and these types of stories alex they exist in i would say the other narrative the narrative of the other um and i don't see them apart from like <clears throat> um very very old aesop type fables aesop, in yeah. in um is it aesop i say aesop in um western narratives do you think that these do we think that do you think that we view these narratives now as almost primitive and that um it's something that the african slash african caribbean diaspora or the people on the ground they need to i guess evolve to like other other types of writing or is it because a lot of the times when we speak of these things we speak of them as like the, these past things oh it's the past type of narration it's the past type of storytelling and with that there it's almost inferior and i don't like that do you know what <laughs> with those stories i think that it depends on it's when they're told and how they're told. Right. So when you're told that story, if you told this story to a five, six, seven, eight, year, nine, ten, ten year old, they're going to inhabit it in a different way than if you retell that story to them at twenty. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? But why? So because the meaning, because the meaning, and the meaning in those fables and folklore and all those different um, native stories they have a particular meaning and they've written they're, they're told to get a message across mm -hmm. and the reason and it's you know a lot of the time they're told so that they can be accepted and be palatable by kids 
so kids will learn the story of the ant and the river and the river da, 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 da. but then as they grow older they'll start to understand the philosophy behind the ant and the river right. and like and it will te- give them lessons on how to teach it so that's kind of the so importance you're saying that of this is this, these types of stories should are should be told to the younger generation they more be, because they, be they are not they no but be, my issue is this it's because they are very simple but they teach you very deep philosophical mm. um writings right however you're not going to give a child Hegel to read to understand no, the, the, the meaning of life. You're going to give the you're going to tell them a fable or story. So in a way, we are kind of saying that this is a very simple way of understanding the world. No, no, I don't think it's very simple because you could like you can you can give somebody Hegel, but will it be interesting? Absolutely. Well, I not. think Hegel is interesting, Loki. No, a I just think bit. I just I listen. I I hear Hegel and I think dry. Nah, you but it's kind of dry. But they're probably, but they're probably, but, they're probably, but the thing is, but they're probably lessons within that that have been told in various different in ways. So basically, but the thing is, when you start to shroud it in this kind of like protectionism mm. of oh, this is what Hegel said, this is Hegel's theory, rather than I understand that theory, and then this is what that's you know what I mean. Like there's different ways to tell the story, yeah. and that's kind of what we need to understand. There are so many fairy fairy tales. They're kind of like they're more or less they're, they're more or less fables. Do you see what I mean? Like yeah. fairy tales, all those different things. They have to be when they're told to kids. They're told to that they could, they're they're pleasant and they're little tales that are told just to that that with a message behind it. As they grow older, you kind of start to understand the importance of said story. But yeah, it's all about how you receive it. Yeah, I also wanted to touch on how just um, touching on this subject as well, the same subject with regards to. Um, literature how literature has evolved um in the west and how it was interrupted in in um the east i don't know (coughs) in the not west (coughs) and um that interruption i think caused a stillness that means that this evolution of writing and, and not even evolution but different forms of writing we haven't seen come from Africa, the Caribbean, um, Southern America. So, for example, with like Britain and the world, there were various like literary movements. So, you ha- and they're marked by shared traits of like style, subject, literary genre. And obviously, literature, it might like predate these movements, but Britain, America, they've been almost they've been given the liberty to establish writing, whether it's the medieval period, the Renaissance, Enlightenment, the neoclassicism, like the Romanticism, American Romanticism, Victorian, American Transcendentalism, Realism, Modernism, Postmodernism. And it just seems like really silly, not silly, but I'm almost offended that the interruption of the imperialist movement meant that African writing, it di- it wasn't given a platform to grow, so that yeah. we can have we can have narratives that are formed by a shared specific thing. So, however, I mean, I do think that it's happening now. So maybe in, in in twenty years time, you can say that okay, in you know the nineties, you know, post post like revolution, yeah, um, post um, freedom or independence of these different countries, they were they were like busy writing this. Yeah. 20 years after that, they were busy writing this. When the Arab Spring happened, 
Africa was busy writing this. Yeah. When Brexit was, Britain was going through Brexit, people were all about this in the African diaspora and in and people on the ground back home. So I think that we can get that now, but in 20 years time, however, we were robbed of that. And that's what, that makes me sick. When I was reading this, I was like, I hope that our writing isn't just going to stay at myth. No. That we are going to get the philosophy that we, that we have, uh, it essentially. Won't. It won't, because things move. Things yeah. are transcendental and things move. Um, and we just have to just be a part of that. Or just trying to like encourage that to happen. Yeah. I don't think anything stays in state for so long. Um, but yes, we have come to the end of the show, guys. Oh my God, we've talked so much because we really love the stories. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I mean, I have something to rant about. Basically, God is a woman. Um, <laughs> um, Ariana Grande's... Um, um latest story um sorry latest video i haven't even watched song. it song album. and um she has a song called god is a woman and people were going nuts about it nigerian twitter were at me because you know um you're not a muslim blah blah, blah. and i'm like bruv like language has pronouns and pronouns are gendered like it's very easy to see and i personally don't like you know god is not a man but however you get really perturbed in your spirit when someone says god is a woman i'm not saying god is a woman god is not a woman god is not a man however understand why does someone saying god is a woman why does it why does it, why does it irk you? you why does it why trouble, does it you? trouble you really man. think about that and then you understand why i'm pissed off but the thing is but like if i think i listened to the song and i was like people actually didn't listen to the song then no they just saw the, the title god is a woman and they the song, started going nuts because the song doesn't say anything other than like you know all the beauty in the world you know i mean like god is a woman beauty is a like what what is I think it's the idea of putting God and 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 woman together and woman being inferior. Obviously, like it's it's, it's just it's just the you basics the gonna, basics of misogyny that you, all you just are don't get. A, are you all gonna have an issue when you go to the other side and it's a big old black woman in a head wrap That's looking not, at you saying, "God is not a child." <laughs> <laughs> you not. out here talking about me? <laughs> you don't, anyways, no, just, um, we'll see. But, <laughs> um, I did not say that. Anyway, I did. Okay. Do we have any announcements? I got no announcements. Do I, I have no announcements. Um, I have none of no announcements either. Yeah. We're doing bits. We out here. Um, thank you so much for <laughs> listening, guys. Thank you so much for. Ha- I'm so happy I'm back. Like I really enjoyed recording. Yeah. And um, I guess I'll we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Uh, you know where to find us. Hit us up on all the relevant streams, relevant places. Most at mostly on Twitter at mostly lit pod please comment subscribe like rate, everything review. rate review everything do it all because we love you and we really look forward to your support and we actually we, i actually really enjoy reading the comments cool see you next week bye guys It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.